all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's. Our objective tonight is to help you pray better. And so that's what we're calling it, the school of prayer. Jesus' disciples, they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. In other words, Jesus' disciples said to him, Lord, take us to school. Give us the school of prayer. How do we pray? How do we do this thing? And what's amazing about that is that as Hebrews, they have been taught about prayer since being little boys, but they didn't know how to pray, which means you can be taught about something and not know how to do something. And so that's why we call it the school of prayer tonight. And uh, and so I thought, what better a topic for us to cover together in a month where we're celebrating, of course, our series is love songs. We're talking about love, but part of love is love has what? Languages, right? And if you haven't taken your which says I encourage you to do that. I took mine and posted mine on my Instagram story and Facebook story, and it is exactly as I said it would be, and you will see the difference. Like giving gifts is like 37, and everything else is like 10 and 13 and what have you. So uh, exactly as I uh, as I certainly knew uh, that it would be. So uh, in that, but if love has languages, then that means communication is important. And so it is incumbent upon us to communicate well with the Lord. And so that's what we're going, uh, that's what we're going to do tonight. Uh, and so in all of that, and we're going to start with prayer tonight, and then we're going to jump in. Some of the things that you're going to hear me cover initially are going to be things that perhaps if you've been around for a while, uh, you've heard me say. But I want to encourage you to look at it with, from a different and a fresh perspective, that in prayer, it is part of our love language, part of our communication uh, with God that expresses our love to him and vice versa. And so I want you to look at that from a different perspective. All right. Again, you're going to have uh, people who are still coming in. Uh, tonight, but good to see everybody. You all do me a favor in the chat. Just let us know where you are, where you're watching from, just so we can see that pop up in the chat. Just put your city, state, your international. Just put your uh, uh, whatever the closest thing you have to a city and a state, and uh, and your country. Alabama, I see you. D.C., Aurora, I see you. Denver, Denver, Tampa. Where else? We got Tyler, Texas, Texas. Come on, Texas. Praying for y'all in Texas. Um, and uh, I'm glad to see I got reports that things are, are improving um, there. So that's good to see. Centennial, uh, Denver, Denver, started moving real fast on me. Toronto, uh, Aurora, good to see you. Good to see everybody uh, on tonight. All right, so let's pray. Keep on typing in the city that you're watching from. Again, you're going to see people still continue to come in. We should be slightly under what the max um, uh, is allowed for one room uh, in our course tonight. All right, let's pray. Father, we honor you and bless you, sir. We commit this time into your hands. Get the glory out of it. I pray that tonight, God, um, love has languages and our ability to pray 
is one of the languages that we get to use to speak to you and you to speak back to us tonight. And so uh, we give you the honor for that. I pray that tonight you would stir a hunger for prayer. Open your mouth and say that. Stir a hunger for prayer in us tonight, God, uh, as we gather together. And I pray that you would even cause the Q&A that we'll do towards the end to be beneficial for individuals tonight. Uh, and we give you the honor for that, um, that it would transcend just that individual uh, getting their question answered, but it would be a question that others have. We want our next 12 to be our best 12 in our prayer. And as we pray and in our relationship with you, we want that to be better. We don't want to try to be better at everything else and fail at loving you and fail at communicating with you and fail at honoring you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, we're going to start I'm going to jump right in. Uh, again, uh, we're going to take some questions towards the end. Uh, and again, I'll just say it one more time in case you missed what I said. Um, we, it will not allow, there's only a certain amount that will allow to show your camera. So if you got to notice where it says you can't show your cameras, um, that's that's that standard. It only lets a certain number do that. What we'll do as towards the end is we'll take your questions. I'll have you to ask your questions um, and uh, actually verbalize those. And I'll have you to bring up your cameras and I may ask some others to turn theirs off uh, when we do that. So just so that you're mindful of that. But it's so good to see uh, your faces and see your names tonight, um, uh, especially for those of you that I, I don't get to see. Uh, I, I get excited when we get to do things like that. As you know, I'm a shepherd who loves the people that he leads. And so thank God for that. All right. I love you so much. I didn't even get a full church nap after church. Come on here. I love you so much that my nap was interrupted so we could be tonight. <laughs> so it's gonna be good. All right, guys, let's jump in. Come on, Aurora. All right, excellent. So let's jump into prayer. Um uh, I want to um just real quickly in the chat, could you just share um some of the things, some of the thoughts that you have about what prayer is, about what prayer is, what thoughts, ideas, what have you about what prayer is. I just need for you to type that uh, on the uh, type that in the chat, what you think prayer is, what you think. Right here is communication, communication, all right, dialogue, all right, all right, what else, communicating with God, conversation with God, all right, God's access to the earth, all right, okay, all right, conversation with God, communication with God, prayer, speaking to God, letting God speak to me, okay, communication to a higher power, meaning God, all right, dialogue, very good, okay, what else, what else, what else? Uh, building a relationship with the farm. Okay, very good. All right, very good. All right, lots of good answers. Worshiping. Okay, what else? What else? What else? What else? What else? What else you got? Tends to build connection with God. Dialogue. All right, this is good. This is good. All right, all right, this is good. This is good. All right, okay. All right, anything else? I thought it was a one. Okay, one on one time with God, asking forgiveness, making your needs known. Okay, answers, all right. Okay, all right, this is good, this is good. Talking with God, all right, I'll take a few more, I wanna take a few more. Okay. Let's take a few more, we still got people coming in. Um, so we'll take a couple of seconds, talking with God, what else, anybody else? What, honoring, loving the Father, prayers of dialogue, okay, the Father and relationship, okay, all right. Okay, all of these are all of these are good things. All of these are good things. So when we, when we begin to look uh, at prayer, and specifically uh, as we are looking at the concept of prayer, a chance to love Him. Conversation. Some more answers are coming in. That's good. 
Um, as we're looking at prayer, I really want for you um, to strip down what you think you know about prayer. There's an old Chinese proverb that says you cannot fill a cup that's already full. And so many times it becomes very difficult for people to learn about a subject that they think they know a lot about. Um, you know, if you're an expert in finance and somebody brings up finance, you may say, oh, I'm an expert in that area. If you're an expert in real estate, you may say, oh, I'm an expert in that area. If you're an expert in um, accounting, you may say, I'm an expert in that area. If you're an expert in, uh, you know, you're a great chef, you may, people start talking about food, you may say, I'm an expert in that area. And so I want to challenge all of us for just a moment to strip down what we think we know about prayer. And there's some things that I'm going to say um, and lay down for you um, that are going to be very um um, things that, again, as I mentioned, you may have heard before, but I want to reshape how you view prayer. prayer. Um, the first thing is I just want you to write this word down. You're not going to have any screen help tonight because this is me and you. Uh, all right. And that's on purpose. Uh, so you're going to take some good notes, type it in your phone, take some good notes. And the first thing that I want you to write down is relationship. Relationship. Um, the beauty that you and I get to have um, as Christians is that we get to have relationship with God. Now, the reason that that's important to understand relationship is because when it comes to relationship, all good relationships require prayer. All good relationships require, or excuse me, all good relationships require communication. All good relationships require there to be some back and forth. There, there, there's got to be something that's going on. And so when you think of prayer in the context of relationship, the root of every problem is bad communication. Bad communication in relationships. If a computer fails, that's bad communication between portions of that computer, the microchip, motherboard, et cetera. If there's a, a failure in a chain, for example, one of the chains, something has broken, there's a bad communication between that uh, and a person, in a human being. If there is a failure of uh, the mind to communicate, um, there can be uh, challenges as it relates to that. So all problems go back to a lack or poor communication. And in a relationship, if you have a relationship, no communication, then the question becomes, what do you have? Um, you cannot say, uh, you, um, I, I have a great relationship with someone you never talk to. You cannot say you have a great relationship with someone you never interact with. Um, you cannot say you have a great relationship with someone that there is no form of communication. So I want you to, to have that, um, that construct. Uh, and so in all of this, um, I want you to see this. Over 25 times, the Bible records that Jesus prayed, that Jesus prayed. I want you to write that down. 25 times is the Bible record that Jesus prayed. Remember, Jesus is the anthropos. He's 100% God, 100% the anthropos, the T-H- Anthro, A-N-T-H-R-O, post, P-O-S, um, theanthropos. Um, that literally means that he's the God man. Theos uh, meaning deity or God, and then anthropos meaning man. He's the God man, 100% man, 100% God. So much man you can't believe he's God, so much God you can't believe he's man. Everything that Jesus does is set up to show us an example, is set up to show us an example of what to do and what not to do. Um, that's what the scripture says Jesus would teach in parables. A parable is a story that is designed to communicate a principle. It's a story that's designed to communicate a principle. Sometimes when we're reading the Bible, we forget that this was 2,000 years ago for the New Testament and upwards of 5,781 years when you go back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. That being said, um, I want you to think for a moment. All the advances that have happened in intellect, the advances that have happened in knowledge, in technology, etc., 
often when we read the Bible, we are reading it through the construct in the context of a modern time, not the time it was written in. Why is that nuance important to understand? Um, because when Jesus was teaching in parables, he was not teaching parables to people with phones that were sitting there taking notes. He wasn't preaching to people that had some construct of modern technology, he was teaching to people during ancient times. He was teaching to people during times where their, their construct of the world, many still thought that the world was flat. Many still thought that the world uh, was, uh, 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 you know, um, uh, various degrees of whatever it is that they were taught. So it's believed that Jesus taught tantamount to what you and I today would say would be uh, an elementary school level of education. So check it out. He taught then what you and I would consider an elementary level education. So as he's teaching his parables, he's teaching literally um, at what you and I would teach a grade schooler. And that's important to understand because he made it simple and easy to understand. Everything you see him do, it is in fact a parable. His whole life, the scripture said, would be a parable. So everything you see him do is a story or an illustration that's designed to teach a lesson. It's a story or an illustration that's designed to teach a lesson. And so you want to be mindful uh, mindful of that. Now, in looking at that, Bible records over 25 times Jesus prayed. For example, Luke 6 and 12, it says, in these days, he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. Verse 13, and when he came, he called his disciples and chose from them 12, whom he named apostles. I want to extract some things from this. It's Luke 6, 12 and 13. Uh, and uh, for those of you who have never heard my teaching, Command Your Day or Command Your Week, I'm going to encourage you to get that. You hear me mention that on Monday Night Prayer, that it really goes, we won't get into that uh, too much tonight, but uh, it goes in really at all, but it goes into why we pray when we pray. If you grew up in church, you were taught to pray wrong. You were taught that when you wake up in the morning, that's when you pray. That is wrong. Biblically speaking, a day is already halfway over by the time you wake up in the morning. Scripturally speaking, roughly 15 minutes ago, we have entered and we began Monday. So according, if I listen, according to heaven, your week has begun. So what you are praying, what you are speaking now is really the head of your day. That's why we did this session at six o'clock today. I know I've got a simultaneous uh, rebroadcast at six, but that's because I wanted to teach you the principle. You are now 15 minutes into your Monday, and that's why we're doing this so that you get a hold of the week before the week gets a hold of you and so on. All right. Um, it says, in these days, he went out to the mountain to pray. The first thing is, I want you to notice that when Jesus went to pray, he did it, uh, in this particular instance, in an isolated fashion, in an isolated fashion. Often, it's easier to pray when you remove distractions. Then the Bible says, and all night he continued in prayer to God. Before the sun is up, right? The Bible says in Genesis, in the evening, in the morning, we're the first day, and so on. So he's doing it uh, literally before the sun gets up. And you see that the Bible says on all night, he continued in prayer to God. Um, let's deal with some things. Um, this doesn't make, because you do your hands like this in the prayer emoji thing, that doesn't mean that your prayer is being heard. In fact, this, this format right here, and I know we use it sometimes as an emoji, this um, way of having your hands was actually something from African-American slavery. When the slave ma slaves would beg the master not to do certain things, they would do their hands like this with chains around them. Um, and so that doesn't make your prayer any more, any more heard by God because you did this. 
closing your eyes doesn't make your prayer uh, any more heard by God. In fact, closing your eyes is really more so for you than it is for anyone else. And so you want to be mindful uh, of that. It's to remove the distractions from you so that you are not walking around, you know, with a variety of distractions, etc. All right. It says he continued all night in prayer to God. That means he had duration. Prayer took time. And I'm going to go into this. I'm just extracting some things out of the verses. Verse 13. And when day came, so you see he prayed all night. He commanded his day before the sun got up. Um, and when day came, he called his disciples and chose from them 12. Now, that's interesting because he had this group of disciples. And out of that, he calls from them 12, whom the Bible says, whom he named apostles. I want you to pay attention. Uh, I've been saying a lot. We've been talking all this month in our series, Love Songs, about your next 12 and your circle and love and friendships and relationships. I want everybody to see this. Jesus prayed all night before he picked who would be in his circle. Wow, you missed me. Jesus prayed all night before he picked who would be in his circle. Um, and for many of us, but before we are picking people to be in our circle, we are not operating with that same level of spiritual um, discipline before we pick people in uh, to be in our circle, to be in our life, to be friends. You will go off of a vibe, not because of prayer. We will go off of how somebody makes us feel, the way you make me feel. You go off somebody who makes you feel versus do prayer. Jesus literally prayed about who would be around him. And I want you to listen. And in that prayer, listen to this carefully, that means that prayer also indicated for him to pick Judas, which means your prayer will not just bring you good results. I need you to listen. Very effective prayer might be the cause of what it looks like a problem. I need y'all to start chatting with me like this is church. Your very effective prayer might actually begin what you call a problem, but it ends up becoming what you need in order to succeed. Because if he prayed before he picked his 12, it was prayer that said, pick Judas. And in picking Judas, it was prayer that ended up getting him good results. Y'all ain't saying that to me now. All right, so let's go into this. What is prayer? prayer? There are three forms of direct two-way communication with God. There are three forms of direct two-way communication with God. Somebody said, that's what I'm afraid of. No, 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 you don't want to be afraid of it. You don't want to be afraid of it. Because guess what? Guess what? Since you picked Judas, here's what that tells you. I need everybody to know um, that it was Jesus, because it was Jesus that picked Judas, um, Jesus was not at all survived, or excuse me, shocked by Judas's behavior. Um, that's why you never, if I listen, you never see Jesus ever go confront Judas about what he's doing. Why? Because in prayer, I already knew what you were. But I knew that I could not avoid picking you because I knew what I was sent to do. Prayer gave Jesus the strength to deal with something that he could not avoid. Wow. Prayer gave Jesus the strength to deal with something he could not avoid, all right? So I'm not surprised by your behavior because God said pick you and you don't surprise me, but you're gonna do something for me that I cannot avoid, all right? Three um, forms of direct two-way communication with God. Let me give you scripture for this. First Timothy two and one. First of all, I love Paul because you already know, listen how you talk, first of all, <laughs> then, I urge that supplications, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, all right? For kings and all who are in high positions that we may lead a peaceful 
in quiet uh, life, godly, and dignified in every way. For those of you who want to follow along as I give you the scriptures, you can pull up the scriptures on your phone, for example, uh, if you're looking at this on your computer. If you're looking on your computer, I don't know. I think you, if for those of you have apples, and this is not even an Apple or Android uh, joke, for those of you have apples, I know you can make the screen smaller, but you can still look up the scriptures. I just don't know if you can do that with Android. Somebody tell me in the chat if you can do that with Android. I just don't know if you can or not. All right. So here we go. Um, First Timothy 2, 1. First of all, then I urge you that supplications, you've heard me on prayer teach about this, and I've talked about it before. Supplication uh, is when you pray for other Christians. Supplication is like a supplement. If you take vitamin supplements, it's not designed to replace something. Uh, it is designed simply for you to be able to uh, add to it, right? If you take B vitamin B supplements, it is not to replace you having vitamin B in your diet or take vitamin D. It's not to replace it. It's to supplement what you already do. Right? That's the first. It's it's three forms of direct two-way communication with God. It's direct, which means it doesn't filter through anybody. It goes to God direct. For those of you who grew up Roman Catholic and things like this, where you pray to angels, we don't pray to angels. We don't pray to saints. We don't pray to cousins. We don't pray to Pookie Nam. We talk directly to God. All right. It's direct communication. Okay. All right. The second word there, it says supplications, then prayers. To pray is what you do for yourself. You ask for yourself. That's what it means to pray. It literally means to ask for yourself. So when we talk about prayer, that word is encompassing so much more than just, um, um, you know, asking for ourselves, right? It, it is an umbrella term that refers to these um, three forms of direct two-way communication with God, all right? Then you go on in the verse, intercessions. Intercessions is what you pray for those without access to God. You literally enter a session for someone else. Intercession, enter, going in on behalf of someone else. Um, John 9, 31 makes it clear that the prayers of an unsaved person are not heard except for the prayer of salvation. Now, that's important to understand because sometimes, um, you know, people will say, if you grew up again, old school church, people say, child, just talk to God. Well, if you ain't saved, heaven doesn't hear that. Heaven does not hear that unless it's the prayer of salvation. That's important to understand because that's Bible, right? So, well, I just believe God wants to everybody. Everybody, but listen, everybody is God's creation. Not everybody is God's child. There's the difference. Romans 8 says that the earth is groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. Everybody is his creation. Not everybody is his son. His sons and daughters has access. Everybody else does, does not. Okay. That's why the scripture says, and remember the Lord and forget not his benefits. This is one of the benefits of that. Okay. So that's John 9, 31. An unsaved person doesn't, heaven does not hear that prayer unless it is the prayer of salvation, right? It's the privileges of salvation. That's why when you're on Mondays with me and I'll say things like prayer is a privilege, not a right, that's where we're getting that from because it is a privilege, not a right, because everybody doesn't get to pray, all right? And then finally, he says, and thanksgivings be made for all people. He was saying, with all of your prayer, make sure that you're thankful, whether you are making supplication, whether you are praying or whether you're making intercession, add thanksgiving on top of that. Always be thankful. Could you imagine someone coming to you, asking you for something, and they're not grateful for what you've already done, right? Could you imagine somebody coming and asking you for $100,000, and they and, and they didn't even say thank you for the $50,000 you gave them already, right? It's the same general type of principle. Thanksgiving be made for all people. Um, now, look at the verse two. For kings and all who are in high positions. I want you to see this. 
the first thing the Apostle Paul um, teaches, he says, listen, um, he teaches these three forms of direct two-way communication with God. And he says, make sure you're starting with anyone that is in a high position. And listen to what he says, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Why is that important? So uh, for those of you, um, you want to always look at anyone that's in a high position. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you like the person, but if they are in a high position where it can affect you, you want to pray for them. This is why you should pray. If I'm your pastor, if I'm not your pastor, if your pastor, you should be praying for. If I am your pastor, you should pray for me. And that should be one of the, notice in verse two, that's one of the first things he's saying you need to pray for. He says, you want to make sure that one of the first things you pray for is people whose decisions have the ability to affect your life. Wow. Because many times, some of what you call warfare or challenges are because you are not praying for the ones that have the ability to affect decisions that affect you. Got it? Because I pray for whoever sits in elected a, a seats, those seats always benefit me. Come on. Because I pray for whoever sits in seats of authority, those seats always benefit me. I don't care if it's a Democrat, a Republican, an independent, a pig, a frog, or a dog. They always benefit me. Why? Because I make sure that if you hold a position that can affect me, I'm going to deal with talk to God concerning you. Wow. Isn't that good? Okay. All right, so this is important. So let's keep moving. Why? Uh, when should we pray? When should we pray? Luke 18 and 1 says this, and he told them a parable. So, so I told you what prayer is. I'm just going to do some basics, and then we're going to go deeper. When should we pray? Luke 18 and 1. And he told them of a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. So when do we pray? Every day, always. If you were at old school church, here's what you were told. Get on the side of your bed. Get your hands like this. Close your eyes real tight. Talk to Jesus. That's nice, but that's wrong. We pray all day. Got it? Always. You pray. You can pray driving down the street. You can pray during the gym. One of the things I like about exercise and the gym and, and uh, all that, and my jogging and all that when the weather's good, is because that is when, let me tell you something, that, that is some of my most uh, vociferous, some of my most vociferous times of prayer um, during that time. Uh, is because the scripture says that men ought to pray always and not lose heart. Heart in scripture means mind. So he says, you, and I've said this before, uh, you won't lose your mind if you pray all the time. Let me tell you why many of you sometimes have these mental things where you just get overloaded. Wave at me, do the in the chat. Do that hand wave emoji if you've ever felt moments like you're like, oh my God, it's so overwhelming, there's so much, there's so much. Can I tell you why? It is because you replaced prayer with something else. You replaced prayer with something else. I get frustrated with something the other day, and I said, why am I sitting up here getting mad, just complaining? I need to do what works. When do we pray? Luke 18 and 1, all days, always. And if I, if I pray all the time, I will not lose my mind. Now, this is important, because think of a relationship. If, if you've dated someone, if you've married right now, if you're married, you're going to talk to your spouse throughout the day, uh, hopefully, my God, hopefully. Um, if you're dating someone seriously, y'all going to talk throughout the day. You're going to talk in the morning. Y'all are going to text. Y'all are going to chat. You're going to send each other TikToks. You're going to send each other Instagram. You're going to have constant communication throughout the day so that when you get together later on during the day, it is just like the conversations continuing. So check this out. The first thing I had you to write down was what? Relationship. It's the same principle with God. 
is that because we have relationship, we're talking all day. Now, I can't text him. He don't want to see no TikToks. He's got other stuff to do. <laughs> right? But it's continual. It's throughout the day. It's throughout the day. I do not wait until I get home and the people say, get in your prayer closet. Everywhere you go better be a prayer closet. Okay, so kill that idea. When people say, I just wait until I get in my prayer closet. Kill that idea. Your prayer closet is wherever you at when you're praying. Do y'all hear me? Right? For those of you who say you got to have a prayer life, I hate that phrase prayer life. I really do. You know why I hate the phrase prayer life? Because it makes it seem like prayer is a separate life instead of part of your life. And it is not. Prayer is a part of your life. It is not a separate life. Okay. And so that's so very important. So you do not do that. Do not talk about, I got a prayer life. You pray to live. This is how I live. This is why you ain't snap, crackle, and pop on people. I know what I'm talking about because I pray. Right. Okay. Uh, but then secondly, but then secondly, wherever I go, that's my prayer closet. Wherever I go, that's my prayer closet. Okay. So we should pray all days, always. That I don't have to be in a special place to pray. This is important because it's just like a relationship. You're texting all day. You're communicating all day. You cannot say you have a relationship with God and you only talk to him at night. Can I tell you what that's really like? And you all registered for this. So I trust that you're mature enough for me to say this to you. And if you're not, I need you to grow up real fast. Let me say this to you. If you only talk to somebody at night, that sounds like a booty call. to me. And God is not a God that gets used. Oh, it's quiet now. He's not a God that gets used because you have a need. My God, he's not a God that gets used just because you have a need. The only time you talk to him is at night when you get home. Got it? Watch me. In private? In secret? Away from everybody? That sounds like cheating to me. That don't even sound like no real relationship. Let's go. Here we are. Why should we pray? I've, asked, I've answered what prayer is. I've answered when we should pray. Um, uh, actually, let me go how first. Let me give you a how. How should we pray? James 4.2. James 4.2. I've given you what? I've given you when? Let me give you how. All right? How we should pray. James chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. Again, for those of you um, that you want to have your phone or your device so you can pull up the scriptures to go along with me, you can do that. There won't be any uh, visual aid on purpose tonight. Um, as we're doing this uh, on purpose, I want, I want you to grow in disciples dip, right? So part of being a, a disciplined student is taking notes. And um, if for those of you who uh, um, are familiar with Cornell two-column notes, I used to love that format of taking notes. Um, different people use different formats. I still use that format of notes for taking notes today. It's the best way for me, all right? Uh, somebody, ooh, this is a good question. Now, Christina, make sure you bring that question back up at the end. That's a great question. That's a great question. Um, all right, how should we pray? James 4, 2, listen to this. He says, you desire and do not have, so you murder. I want you to see this. He says, you want something, but you don't have it, so you murder. Murder here wasn't um, necessarily the, the type of murder that we think of. Murder meant that you would kill the influence of someone or something. It meant that you would go to extreme action to get it. I want you to listen. He says, you would take extreme action to get it. He says, you covet, you desire, but you cannot obtain. So you fight with people and you call with people. Look what he says. You do not have it because you do not ask. Wow. He says, you're doing all of this stuff. Listen, you're doing all of these things. You're taking all of these 
uh, 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 courses and you're taking all of this action. He says, you desire, don't have, so you murder. You come in the kingdom and you fight in court. You're fighting with people. You're arguing with people. He said, and not once did you ever ask for it. What is asking me, y'all? To pray. To pray. He says, not once did you pray for this thing. He says, but you out here fighting, you out here hollering, screaming, going back and forth with people. And he said, and not once, not once did you actually ask for it. Then listen to what he says in verse three. And when you do ask for it, you don't get it. Because when you asked, you only wanted to spend it on your passions. Wow, what does this mean? God says, there are some things that I have not given you because the reason you wanted it had nothing to do with something bigger than you. And I'm in the business of blessing people to be a blessing. You want it to be blessed and it stopped. My God, you want it to be blessed and it end with you. You wanted that so that it end with you. You didn't want it so you could do more with it. He says, there's some stuff you did pray for and I said no to because you asked wrong. He says, the what wasn't wrong, how, how you asked me was wrong. Come on. The what wasn't wrong, how you asked me was wrong. You came at me like I owed you something. You came at me just doing it for you. I want this for me. I want this for me. And God says, Genesis 12, I bless you to be a blessing, but why bless you if you're going to sit on it? Why bless you? Why give you talent if your church can't even get use of it? Y'all ain't gonna talk now. Why give you finances and you don't even tithe? Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me now. Why, why do this if the only reason you want it is it ends with you? I'm looking for rivers, not reservoirs. And I need some of you to open your mouth, say it, and type that in the chat. I am a river, not a reservoir. Come on. If you can't spell reservoir, just put I'm a river. Because right? I am a river. I am a river, not a reservoir. There's a flow he gets through me. It doesn't stop with me. It's beyond me. It's beyond me. This is why you will see certain people who have less talent, less skill, less ability than you get it. And you not sometimes because when they got it, they were going to do something with it to bless other people with it. It was going to stop with you. You are a river, not a reservoir. All right. Here we go. Y'all got it. All right. Got some good spellers on prayer on the prayer uh, webinar. All right. So look, uh, uh, that's so important. What, when, how? He says you don't receive because you ask wrongly. He never said what you wanted was wrong. He said how you asked me was wrong. You asking me was all about you. It was not about how to do something for someone else. Right? Wow. How many of us can be honest that when we have prayed, we have prayed wrong because we asked wrong? Wave at me. Wave at me. Or do it in the chat, would you? Right? And you can wave to at the screen too if your camera's on. Remember, it won't let everybody's camera on just yet. All right. Um, we've asked wrong. So for many, like prayer doesn't work. No, he heard you. He just said, no. Why would I do that for you? For what? For what? You're halfway faithful now. Why give you a relationship to make that worse? Y'all ain't gonna talk. You halfway served now. Why give you a relationship and, and, and that's gonna get you off, off, off focus? You halfway do what you're supposed to do now. Why give you something that's gonna make that worse? What you ask for ain't wrong. How you ask me, it is. Because you did not ask me for the purposes of being a blessing. You asked me so you could spend it on your own passions. Got it? Okay. So how, what is prayer? I've answered for you. Just hitting some basics real quick. When should we pray? 
How should we pray? Let's go to why we should pray. Why we should pray. Why we should pray. Um, because not praying is sin and it will cause you to sin. Not praying is sin and it will cause you to sin. First Samuel chapter 12, 23, listen to this. Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. When we do not pray, it is sin and it will cause you to sin. Listen to the verse. As for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. In other words, what's going to happen is that when I cease, and notice what he's saying, praying for you. He, he said, that's 1 Samuel uh, 12 and 23. 1 Samuel 12 and 23. 1 Samuel 12 and 23. Um, so a lack of prayer is in fact sin. It is, sin means to miss the mark. 1 Samuel 12, 23. It means to miss the mark. To miss the mark. That's prayer. That's a lack of prayer. And the Bible calls that sin, y'all. God says that's literally sin. It is wrong to not pray. A lack of prayer is sin. But beyond that, it will cause me to sin or to make mistakes when I do not pray. Period. I'm going to make a mistake because I'm not aligned. I'm going to make a mistake because we're not in communication. I'm going to make a mistake. Can I give you an example of this? Let's go Abraham. Abraham. So when you prayed, because remember, prayer means to ask. So now when you read the Bible, I need you to look at it just because sometimes it'll say, and so-and-so prayed. Sometimes it's not going to say that. Sometimes it'll say, and so-and-so said, and so-and-so asked, and so-and-so spoke, right? And that's prayer too. An example of that, for example, is in uh, um, 1 Samuel, uh, or excuse me, 1 Kings uh, with Elijah. The Bible says, and Elijah was a man with nature like ours in chapter 5. It says, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. Well, if you go look at what happened in 1 Samuel, or uh, first Kings, he never prayed anything. He said, okay, but in him speaking, he was asking, and, and in ask is recorded as a prayer. So now when you read the Bible, see that the, a lot of what you're seeing is a commentary to prayer, okay? Um, but let me give you an example of this. So uh, David, um, uh, no, that's not David, excuse me, Abraham. Abraham, God says, I want you to go sacrifice your son Isaac, your only son, the one you prayed for, Go kill him, sacrifice him. Take him up on the mountain and sacrifice him before me, okay? That's the first thing. As he's going up the mountain, they get to the place of sacrifice and the Bible says, and the angel of the Lord said, if I listen, there was an update to the instruction. And if I don't keep their constant communication and if there's not constant prayer, I will not get the update to the instruction. So what would Abraham have done? He would have sacrificed Isaac because he didn't get the update because he didn't make prayer a practice. Hear what I just said. He would have suffered and he would have not gotten the update. So he would have sacrificed Isaac and God would have said, I didn't tell you to do that. Well, Lord, I was just obeying you. Yeah, but I said something fresh after that. But because you didn't keep this constant, Luke 18 and 1, because you didn't do this constantly, you didn't get the update. So because you didn't get the update, you're mad at me because you sacrificed Isaac and I didn't want you to do that. I updated the instruction. That's deep, right? Because many times you will be frustrated. You will do things. And I remember one time I did something and I was like, Lord, but I obeyed you. I did exactly what you said. And he said, that's what I said at first. Then I updated it. But because you didn't keep this thing in constant prayer, you didn't get the update. 
because I modified the instruction. Wow. There was a ram in the bush. I never wanted you to do that. He, everybody listen, he always up the, y'all, we might go up in the spirit. That 11.15 today was the go up service today, go up experience today. Listen, God never tells you the entire instruction up front because after you hear it, you'll become unfaithful to see it through. Somebody says connection issues. I don't think so. I think everybody else is good. Does anyone else have a connection issues? I think everybody else is good. All right. Um, this is so important that you get this. All right. This is so important that you get this. This is so important that you get this. Because many times you, you, you will think that, well, I heard everything I'm supposed to uh, hear. Uh, everything is good. Everything, everybody says I'm good. Some saying because we're camp. Looks like by and large, we're good. And what happens is God always updates the instructions as time progresses as time progresses, as time progresses. So you're like, God, I'm doing what you said. He said, but I gave you an update. We're having connection issues. Okay, all right, all right, but I, okay. It may just be isolated, okay? All right, we're gonna keep moving, all right? If you're having any connection issues, just let me know in the chat. But other than that, I think uh, by and large, we are good. All right, um, so why should we pray? Again, not praying is sin and it will cause you to sin, okay? Not praying is sin and it will cause you to sin. Um, let's look at this um, as we are moving this. Why should we pray? Um, number two, I'm still under why. Uh, prayer brings peace. Prayer brings peace. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. He says, don't be anxious about anything. What's a better word for anxious? Don't be worried about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. So look, here's what God says. You're going to have to pray and you're going to have to pray for someone else. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now that's deep because a lot of people say, well, God knows what I need. Of. Well, then why have you to pray? The purpose of you praying is not only about this relationship, but it is also about you inviting heaven into the affairs of your life on earth. You inviting heaven to the affairs of your life on earth. Can I give you the scripture to help you with this? And actually, let me give you a story to help you with this uh, from the scripture. Jesus, his disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And one of the things he says, your will be done. Everybody listen, on earth as it is in heaven. What does that do? It is an invitation to say, God, I invite you into my earthly situations. I invite heaven in. Everybody listen, which means heaven will not interrupt what you do not invite it into. I'll say that again so you can tweet that to me, so you can Instagram story that one to me, so you can write that one down. Heaven will not intervene with what you do not invite it into. It will not intervene with what you do not invite it into. Okay? It says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Which means if I don't invite him in, he will not get involved. He will not get involved. All right? Okay? It will, he will not get involved. Scripture for that is Matthew 6 and 10. I saw a question about that. It's Matthew 6 and 10. All right? So that's very important to understand because many times you say, why won't God do something? God says, I haven't received an invitation, so I'm not getting involved in that. Wow. Wow. 
Heaven says, I have not received an invitation, my pleasure. So I am not getting involved in that. I'm not, you didn't invite me, so good luck, have fun. Well, God, if he loves me, uh-uh, 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 stop that. You can love somebody and not get involved in something because you ever, you ever had parents, you can relate to this, where you got grown kids and you wanna jump in and help, but you know their attitude is such that they always trying to tell you how grown they are. Come on, parents, I need y'all to talk to me. I see y'all shaking your heads, right? And you already, and you're like, look, I'm trying to help you. And, I'm trying, and they're doing all of this stuff. So what will you do as a parent? Even though you love them, you will not get involved. You will, watch me, you will watch them suffer, even though you could solve the problem because of how they act when you get involved. So you won't get involved unless they invite you in. My, my, it's the same principle. God says, I'm not getting involved without an invitation. There's stuff you're like, why ain't God done anything? God says, you haven't asked us to do anything. Let your request be made known unto God. Verse seven, and the peace of God, 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 which surpasses all understanding. Well, God, your guard, excuse me, your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, this is good because 99% of the times in scripture, the word heart and mind are the same thing. The word heart and mind are the same thing. It's uh, leb, L-E-B in the Old Testament. It's cardia, K-R-D-I-A. In the New Testament, Greek normally uses K's, which we interchange for C's. Now, in verse 7 of Philippians 4, listen to this. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, which means it doesn't even make sense why I am shalom, why I'm not even worried about this. Like, it doesn't even make sense why I'm sleeping and I got this burden that, that I'll have to deal with this week. It doesn't even make sense. But this peace surpasses understanding. Watch what the Bible says. It'll guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Well, well, in this particular verse, this is where you see one of the rare distinctions between heart and mind in the Bible. It's one of the rare distinctions between heart and mind. So heart there generically means mind, okay? But mind, here's what it means. It means the secret places that are in you. Wow. God says, the reason you're really um, worried about that is because there's something deeper. There's an unresolved insecurity in you that, that that thing is deep in you. And so when you pray, I'm going to guard, I'm going to protect both your mind and that thing that's deep in, in, the, in, the, uh, in the realms of your subconscious. I'm going to deal with that that thing that's deep, that deep insecurity that you have, that deep thing, right? And it'll become a guard for you, okay? Also under why, why we should pray. Um, and then this is gonna transition us into some other things and we'll take some questions and, um, and we're good, all right? I don't wanna overload you with information because we're gonna practice it, all right? All right, and uh, for those of you who don't have our app, hey guys, get the app. Um, how do you get it? Text the word harvest to 55498, get the app. When you do that, um, you can get access. There's tons of messages that I've done about prayer. Um, that'll be a great blessing to you, okay? All right, number three, uh, under why, question is, why should we pray? Number three, prayer has power as it's working. Prayer has power as it's working. James 5.16, James 5.16, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. So let's deal with this. Um, this does not mean that you did everything right that day. And so your prayers get extra heard that day. I want you all to be honest with me. How many of you can be honest that there have been days of your life 
where you were where you were where you think you acted real good and you were real christianly that day and so you think that your prayers should like get answered more quickly because of that day can i get you to do the hand wave emoji in the chat i see hands already like how many can be honest but there are days you're like oh no i was a good christian today hey bye glory to god hey shiki hey hey bashi ato like you're like god i did it today look god i would have normally cussed her out i didn't hey bless him right right and what and what happens is when you begin to think that way y'all what happens when you i see several hands right my hands up too uh, what happens when you begin to think that way is then what happens when you don't have a day like that what happens when you have a day where you like look I, lord i didn't broke so i didn't sin so much today i didn't thought so many thoughts i shouldn't have thought i've done so much i shouldn't have done i've said so much i shouldn't have done then guess what have you noticed on those days you don't even feel like you can pray that there, somebody just commented right there. Then you feel like you can't hear. Because on those days, you're like, look, Lord, I, ooh, Lord, I, I acted a fool today. Lord, just, just, Lord, bless me. Lord, touch me. Just help me, Jesus. Right? We've all done it, which is why you cannot, listen to me, you cannot base um, your prayer off of whether or not you think you were good enough that day or Christian enough that day or didn't hurt somebody that day, or were kind to somebody that day. You cannot do that. Yeah. Let me tell you, today is just gonna be easy to feel great. On a Sunday, on a day like today, you got to work, you know, you ate, I would imagine, I hope you're eating, you ate and all of that, you're feeling good. You're like, oh, God is good, oh, God is good. Now I'm gonna pray, you pray. And then if you have some, and then probably on Mondays, cause we got you on Monday night, but then maybe on Tuesday, you know, you kind of think some stuff, say some stuff, what have you. And you're like, Lord Jesus, I just, oh, Lord, I don't know. Just, hmm, thank you, Jesus. I don't, I don't know what to say, God. Your prayers are not based on your, your Bible says, your righteousness is as filthy rags. Let me give you that. Uh, let me give you that scripture. Uh, that scripture is Isaiah 64 and 6. Isaiah 64 and 6. Your righteousness is as filthy rags. But Romans 10 says uh and romans 10 echoes that um and romans th uh, romans 3 and 10 also echoes that uh, but check this out here's what we understand um is that but the bible says that god has made us righteous which means he makes me in right standing with him he makes me in right standing with him so it is not based on me doing certain things and checking all these boxes because if it was there's never going to be a day where i check all the boxes that's why we needed Jesus. Jesus checks all the boxes for us. Jesus checks all the boxes. That's a good question. Bring that, bring that woman back up to the end about James 5, 16. Great question. Jesus uh, brings up those things um, or, or takes care of that uh, for us. Now, and again, let's be clear. We're talking about your personal righteousness, okay? So it's not based off of, I did these things right so I can pray, or I didn't do these things right so I can't pray, okay? That's what we're talking about in this context. It is not that, okay? Um, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working, which means prayer, everybody listen, as it's working. That means prayer works. I'm gonna give you this line, over time. Prayer works over time. Not like over time, like after your eight hours. No, no, no. Prayer works over time as it is working. It has great power as it is working. Great power as it is working. Now, this is an important distinction because most of us, here's what happens. 
you pray something on a Sunday, and then by Monday, you're like, where's it at? Can I get a witness? You prayed something three times, and you're like, okay, God, listen, you know, I prayed it three times. Where's it at? As it is working, prayer works, but it works over time. So it takes time for prayer to work. Are there suddenly moments that are called Kairos moments? K-A-I-R-O-S moments? Yes. Those are typically around the feast times, right? Um, uh, we got one of our first, the Feast of Purim is coming up. It's not a major feast, but it's coming up. And then we'll get into the spring feast of the Lord here so shortly. But uh, prayer works over time. And here's what, what often happens for many people. Because prayer takes time to work, because prayer did not work as quickly as we wanted or anticipated it to, we will say prayer does not work. Okay. Um, can I tell you all, so, so y'all know I lost um, 95 pounds. I lost the first 75 pounds in about four months. And then after that, I lost another 20, putting me in about a 95 net loss. And to God be the glory, that has inspired so many harvesters to lose weight and get in shape. I think we got a harvester on uh would you put you know who you are i think you're like 120 pounds or something or 100 pounds or something like that you know who you are would you put your total if you don't mind i don't want to say your name just in case i got the number wrong all right all right all right, all right. you know who you are and then maybe you don't feel comfortable sharing but if you feel comfortable sharing would you put matter of fact if you lost any weight let's just have a celebration would you if you lost any weight and 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 my weight loss inspired you or just period would you just put that number on the screen put it on the screen for me put that number on the screen 30, come on, 30 pounds. Come on, 30, 15, come on, 15, 45, 50, come on, wow. 10, 120, there you go. I thought I had it right, 120. One of my officers lost 120 pounds, 32 pounds, it's amazing. So guys, when I did that, I changed my eating. I did a whole webinar about how I did it. Uh, somebody said I just ordered the demos. It, I did a whole webinar about how I did that. Let me say this, so then this is what happened. Um, I, um, over this last year, and I, some of y'all heard me mention the message, um, I said, okay, I got a new fitness goal. And so I used to be the type of person where I like, I hated going to the gym. Anybody else? <laughs> I like, cause I didn't lose, watch me. I didn't reach my first goal with the gym. So I was just like, I'm not a gym guy. I'm, you know, you get those gym guys always in the gym. I always got sweats on. And as a matter of fact, I was at a restaurant eating one time. A guy said, are you a coach? <laughs> Uh, he said, how do you eat this barbecue and stuff like that? And, and you do that. And anyway, um, so I did that. But I said, I got this new fitness goal. With this new fitness goal, it's going to require me to go to the gym. And I was like, God, I just don't enjoy the gym. So I literally prayed and said, God, give me a passion. Give me a desire to go to the gym. Because you know it is not something that I normally do. Um, and here's the deal. Those first couple of days in that gym, because I had just not been a gym goer. Now I would exercise. I just wasn't a gym guy. Um, and uh, those first couple of days, I mean, I could feel it. Everything was on fire. I mean, everything was on fire. I mean, I woke up just on fire. Uh, every muscle group uh, was on fire. And now, actually, I started actually this month. So I'm 21 days into it now. And, uh, and I'm seeing great results. Thank you. Come on. I see you. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'm 21 days into it now. All right. Um, so here's the deal. Can I be honest? It takes time. But it's doggone gym to produce some results. I'm like, I like my first set of results. Well, I got it much more quickly. This gym thing, it takes a little bit more time uh, to produce uh, results. Why? Because the muscle, it has to tear the muscle, then repair the muscle, and all of that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I say this to you to simply say this. 
Uh, and I hope that inspires those of you who need inspiration. Um, my job as your pastor is it's a lifestyle, not a hobby, I've learned. Listen, you are right about it. My God, my God, it's a, my God, you're right about that. Um, uh, but so I love it now. So like now I'm like, I gotta get to the gym. I gotta get to the gym. Wednesday after church, I had a full day of meetings. Plus Wednesday night live, preached and all of that. Plus I had meetings after church and I was determined. And then it was, you know, snowing real bad Wednesday in Denver after church. I said, oh, I'm going to this gym. So I went to one of the other ones that I, that was open a little bit later than the one that's closest to my home. And uh, and I was able to go and I got in there. I got my workout in and all of that. Because Because watch me. I prayed for a passion for it. And now what I used to loathe, I now like. I say this to you so that you understand prayer is the same way. It requires time to work. And you cannot uproot your prayer because it, it's taking time longer than you think it should take. Because to get the results you want, it's going to take that time. So the Bible says it has great power as it's working. Let me give you the definitions of that word power. Here we go. And then I'm going to go real deep into some things. Then we're going to take questions. Then we're done. Power is the Greek word dunamis, D-U-N-A-M-I-S, Greek language of our New Testament. Dunamis means dynamite. Dynamite, when it explodes on something, it, that thing can never return to being what it was before. It can never return to being what it was before. Why is that important to understand? Because the, the Bible says that prayer has, the, has dynamite power. In other words, it won't return to what it was before. Watch me stop the process because it's taking too long okay the first uh, meaning of that word dunamis is ability prayer has great ability second word abundance 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 guys i gotta move quickly so stick with me abundance 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 uh, prayer has great abundance as it's working which means abundance is produced in prayer first i pray to get a strategy that strategy then shows me how to get abundant uh, the third definition of dunamis is meaning Prayer has great meaning uh, as it is working, which means prayer will have great significance and the significance will be for something later on. There are things that you will go through in life that when you keep a posture of prayer, that it may not make sense today, but it'll make sense later. Thank you, somebody spelled that for you, D-U-N-A-M-I-S, that later on, it will have great significance. The fourth definition of power is the word might. Prayer has great might as it is working. There are things, and I'm a living witness, where I have never had to lift my, you know, they say the pain is mightier than the sore. There are things where I was getting ready to take action against something or someone because of something that was done because of some, you know, whatever issue. And I took it to prayer. And when I take it to prayer, prayer has great might. I want you to think of might as like somebody, like somebody knocking somebody out. Uh, on Sega, if for those of you familiar with video games, Sega, the Sega Genesis, old school Sega Genesis, there used to be this boxing game called Buster Douglas. And, you know, Sega had the three buttons, A, B, C. And when you hit a, all three of them together, Buster Douglas would do a big boom like that. And he would knock down whoever he was against. Um, I want you to hear me. Prayer has that same level. Come on, Jessica says, I remember. Prayer has that same level of might. There are certain things that you are so worked up about that if you would put that thing in prayer, prayer would knock them out so you won't have to. Prayer would do for you what you won't be able to do. Prayer, will it has might. It has might. You understand that? Prayer has might. 
It has the ability to smite your enemies. I am a witness to that. It has the ability to silence people who are trying to sabotage you. I am a witness to that. Right? Then it means working miracles. Prayer has great miracle working ability. Then it means strength. I'm going to go fast. Then it means strength. Prayer has great strength that is working. Well, you only have strength through resistance, which means prayer is what gets me through the resistance, which gives me the strength. So prayer, prayer doesn't remove the resistance. Prayer gives me the ability. Let's go back to the gym analogy. Prayer gives me the ability to deal with the resistance. You're only going to get muscles because of resistance. You're not going to get muscles because you did cardio. You don't get muscles from cardio. You get muscles from resistance. Okay, right? And so it's the same principle. Prayer doesn't remove it. Prayer gives me the ability to finish that last that last set. All right. Um, prayer. Next definition: violence. Violence means focused and unwavering in the scripture. It doesn't mean you know violence as we think of it. It means focused and unwavering. And prayer has great ability to focus, be focused and unwavering. Like when I stay in prayer, I am focused and I don't waver. Got it. Then uh, the last few definitions. Uh, uh, it's called pecuniary ability. P-E-C-U-N-I-A-R-Y. P-E-C-U-N-I-A-R-Y. Pecuniary ability. That means it's the influences that come with riches and wealth. Prayer will make you look like you a billionaire. Y'all ain't gonna talk. Prayer will make you look like you have, it's literally pecuniary ability. Prayer will make it so that when people see you, they treat you at a level of respect that they don't treat everybody else at. Prayer, it literally gives you the influence of riches. That's what it means. Prayer will have people treat, you'll walk into a place. I, I literally pray over how I'm handled by different places and different people. My God, got it? It'll treat you differently. Then it means moral power. It gives me the ability to say no when, when yes is easy and to say yes when no is easy. Prayer gives me the ability to do that. And then finally, the excellence, excellence, excellence of soul, excellence, which means everything I do is excellent. When you, when you stay in a posture of prayer and a place of prayer, you will not settle for average. You won't. You won't even settle for average friends because you're like, mm -mm, I ain't gonna better do that. Because this relationship's so good, I'm unwilling to tolerate a sloppy one with you. Because this one's so good, I'm unwilling to tolerate an average one with you. Because this is so good, I'm unwilling. Like, have you ever had a good meal from somebody? Somebody made a dish really good, and then after you had that dish, you were like, I just can't go back to eating it regular. I can't. There's a restaurant downtown that has what I think is the best chicken sandwich that I've ever had. And chicken sandwich is amazing. All right? That chicken sandwich is amazing. Um, and and, and uh, in downtown Denver. And so it's just amazing. Like, literally, thinking about that chicken sandwich right now. If it was, if it was not 7 o'clock, I would order that chicken sandwich right now. It is so good. Chicken sandwich is amazing. So now when I eat another chicken sandwich, I'm like, that's all right. But that one over there, it's the same concept of your interaction um, with God. When I stay in a place of prayer, I will not, somebody said, what's the name? I'm going to actually tell y'all the name of the restaurant because I think they, I think they have them all over. Okay, you're right. It's the Rock Bottom Brewery. Now, I wasn't in there drinking and stuff. All right. So don't y'all go on there lying on me talking about Bishop was in there. I wasn't drinking. All right, <laughs> but their fries are amazing, and their spicy chickens. Hey, hey, glory to God! That sandwich, Jesus, it's amazing. That sandwich is so good. I promise you, that sandwich is good. 
It's better than any chicken sandwich I've ever had. Like literally, it, it is really good. And don't let it sit for a few minutes before you eat it with that apple coleslaw. Look, I feel like one of them TV food people. That smoky flavor of the of the chicken breast and the spices, that warm apple slaw, it just melts right down. Oh, it's just, you know, listen. I, is there one in Atlanta? I don't know. Uh, I would imagine there is, because it, it, somebody says it's a chain. It's a chain. All right. Look, y'all asking a bunch of questions about this chicken sandwich, eh? <laughs> All right. So here's the thing. Now that I've had that, somebody said you didn't like the place. But I, listen, it, look, let me tell you, maybe you didn't have that chicken sandwich, because now I haven't eaten anything else from there, just that chicken sandwich. Um, and in that, let me say this. Um, it's the same way with that. You will demand excellence because of your prayer with God. So prayer has power as it's working. I want to give you a few strategies, a few strategies, uh, a few strategies for advanced prayer. What do you mean advanced prayer? There's some things you can do that will take your prayer to the next level, um, that, it, it, that will take your prayer to the next level. Let me give them to you real quick. The first is this, corporate prayer, corporate prayer. What is this? This is praying. This is what we do on Monday nights. This is what we do on Sundays and Wednesdays before church starts. That's why now, like, if you notice, I think, what, since like March or April or May or whatever, I have been coming. I opened the experience during that time of corporate prayer. Um, and, and that's on purpose so that it sets the tone for where we're heading and for where we're going. Um, and so um, it's Monday night. There's that corporate prayer. This is when you're praying together with other believers. Let me give you scripture real quick, and then I'm going to take the questions. Second Chronicles 7 and 13. When I shut up heaven and there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the lamb or send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. So what is that? To ask. Seek my face. Uh, face, um, it literally means this. Face means God's attitude. Face means God's attitude. And turn from their wicked ways. Wicked is the Hebrew word ra, R-A, which is the word wicked or evil. It means self-destructive. You ready for this? I'm going to just give you these definitions. It means comparing. God says it's evil when you compare yourself to somebody else. That's that's wicked, God says. Okay, that's 2 Chronicles 7, 13, and 14. Um, murmuring, murmuring, murmuring. Um, listen to this one. Y'all ready for this? That word, the definition of the word raw, it means respecting stress. He says, if my people will call my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, seek my attitude and turn from respecting their stress. Wow. In other words, he says, you believe more in your stress than you do your savior. All right. Um, then the last definition means causing one sadness. He says, you, he says, it's wicked for you to dwell on things that cause you sadness. Wow. That's a whole nother word for a whole nother day. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now let's deal with this real quickly. Notice he says, if my people who are called by my name, so people, plural, that's corporate prayer, corporate prayer, corporate prayer, corporate prayer, corporate prayer, corporate prayer is all throughout the Bible. Corporate prayer is when you join with other people to pray. As few as two, as many as everybody. As few as two, as many as everybody. You can have corporate prayer if you, uh, with your family. You can have corporate prayer with your friends. You can have corporate prayer. And there's need to be at least two, more than two, up to anybody, you know, up to everybody. Okay, that's corporate prayer. Um, now, let me say this. Um, let me just finish this verse, giving it some context. 
God says, then I will hear from heaven. But God is speaking. For God is speaking. So if God is speaking and God dwells in heaven, sir, how are you going to hear from heaven when you dwell in heaven? Literally what it means is when people pray together corporately and turn from their wicked ways, what I just gave you, God says, I'm going to make an announcement in heaven. In other words, the announcement will reverberate so that it goes throughout heaven and it will manifest on the earth. Because for God to hear from heaven, he's in heaven, so he doesn't hear from heaven. He says, I will make an announcement and it will reverberate throughout heaven. I will forgive their sin. Okay, we talked about sin. All right. And I will heal their land. Land means their life, their territory. Wow. Here's the last one, their soil. Could it be that your soil is soiled so you haven't seen the harvest you want to see? Wow. If my people who are called by my name, okay, that's us, that's corporate prayer. So this is the way that you can take your prayer to the next level, corporate prayer. So we do that on Mondays. We do that uh, at the beginning of church. I encourage you to do it with your family. Um, for those of you, you know, get on Zoom uh, or whatever. Pray with your family. Pray with your kids. Um, corporate prayer. You need two. You need a minimum of two for corporate prayer. And it's as many as anybody. as everybody, okay? Um, that is so very important. Um, that is so very important that you do that. Okay, corporate prayer, it, it has this effect where God says, I'm going to announce it to heaven. In other words, God says, because you prayed corporately, I'm going to answer corporately also. Because mm. you, when you pray individually, I'll answer individually. But when you pray corporately, I'm going to answer so everybody hears the answer and everybody will see the answer. Okay? It's the second way that you can um, take your prayer to the next level. Prayer combined with giving. Prayer combined with giving. Let me take you to Acts chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. Acts chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. I'm going to actually give you a two, two for this because um, I, I really like this one. The last two, I really, really like. I like all of them. Um, but I really, really, really like these last two that I'm going to give you. Then we're going to take questions and we're done. Acts chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called um, the Italian regiment. So centurion, that just means he had 100 uh, soldiers that were under him. Verse two, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously um, to the people and prayed to God always. So notice he prayed and he gave. 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 Um, there's a cultural thing that I want to point out here um, that in his offering, because this is above his tithe, in his offering, there's a cultural thing because he's part of the Italian regiment. Um, so he's de he's devout. But the concept of church as we know it was still evolving during that particular time. Verse 3 says, about the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming and saying to him, Cornelius. So first of all, prayer and giving got him an angelic visitation. Wow. Your prayer and your giving ought to be so on point that God says, let me send somebody down there to answer this one. Wow. All right. Number four, and when he observed him, he was afraid. And he said, what is it, Lord? Stop, that's amazing to me. Why would you say Lord unless you knew who it was? But I want to point out something. For the, I need you to get ready because in your next 12, you're going to see answered prayer like you've not seen before. I need everybody to say, I received that. I need everybody to open your mouth and say, I received that. Okay. When his prayer gets answered, what's the first thing he does? He's afraid. And I need for you, matter of fact, let's just go here right now. Father, I pray and I rebuke our fear of our prayers being answered. 
You answer the man's prayers, God, and the first thing he does, he's afraid, but he knows it's you because he says, Lord. He knew it wasn't the enemy. He says, Lord. But the first thing he did, he was afraid. I pray that we would not be afraid uh, when you begin to answer our prayers in Jesus' name. Wow. Wow. And hear me, hear me. You will always attack what you fear. You will always attack what you fear. So sometimes you have to be careful because you will attack the answer because you fear it, even though you know the answer is God. That's a whole word right there. That's a whole message right there. Um, he says, what is it, Lord? So he said to him, listen, please listen. Your prayers and your giving have come up for a memorial before God. Come on here. Cornelius' giving and his prayer came up before God. God said, in a memorial. In other words, it was so significant, God says, I, I'm paying attention to this. Don't let anybody, if you grew up in an old school church, they, they may be undervalued the importance of your giving. Because your giving is about your heart, not your hand. Wherever your treasure is, that your heart is also. God says, Cornelius, you pray and give in such a way that I know your heart's with me. You, you, I ain't seen nobody pray and give like this. So it came up before the Lord as a memorial. And the Lord sent an angel to go tell him your prayer and your giving came up before God. In other words, your name just came up while we were having a meeting today. Your name came up and the Lord says, whatever you want, that's, you got that. Your name came up and your name came up because you prayed and combined it with giving. Okay, let me give you one more scripture to, to, to help you with this. First Corinthians, or excuse me, First Kings 3, 4, and 5. First Kings 3, 4, and 5. First Kings 3, 4, and 5. My God, let me get my text to get ready. I, this is for me. I need an angel. I need an angel to come on and say, hey, 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 hey. Oh, God, my God. I need an angel to come visit me tonight and say, son, your giving and your prayer came up before us. We got you. Mm. We got you. We got you. We got you. Where's my text again? Where's it at? Where's it at? There we go. There we go. My goodness, my goodness. All right. Listen, let me give you this scripture. First Kings 3, 4, and 5. First Kings 3, 4, and 5. First Kings 3, 4, and 5. It says, now the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice. Now, this is referring to, uh, just so we're clear, this is referring to King Solomon. King Solomon was the richest man to ever live. Bill Gates surpassed him a couple years ago and probably bezos now uh amazon guy uh surpassed him um as um the richest man solomon just so you know nobody beat solomon's wealth into the last five years i need you to hear what i just said nobody had ever surpassed solomon's wealth into the last five years nobody had ever surpassed solomon's wealth into the last five years that's powerful solomon ain't been on the earth for four thousand years so the fact that nobody surpasses wealth for the last five years shows you the power of this next scripture. Now the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for there was a great high place. So they would always sacrifice on high places. By the way, for everybody who lives in Denver, just so you know, they say that this is one of the top three areas, the Rocky Mountain region for uh, uh, warlocks, witchcraft, Wicca, etc. those types of uh, demonic and pagan practices. Why? Because of our peaks. Because uh, in, in those types of things, pneumatology, demonology, pneumatology, you discover that they like peaks. They like high places to make sacrifices. 
That's why this region is 46 out of 50 for lowest church attendance in the nation, because you're not just fighting a church battle, you are literally fighting with spiritual wickedness that uses these mountains to make their sacrifices and to make their prayers. That's why this region, that's why suicide is the number one killer of black men. Y'all ain't gonna say that to me. It's the number one killer of young men. It's the number one killer of young women. Why? It's, it's, I'm pointing to the West. You don't know what I'm pointing to, but the, West, the, the mountains over there. It's those, it's those peaks, just so you know. All right, you gotta know. You gotta know, you gotta know, you gotta know, you gotta know. All right, um, there was a great appellate. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar, okay? At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream uh, by night and said, ask, what shall I give you? Um, this is powerful, guys, because Solomon essentially gives what would be the equivalent of like a thousand dollar offering is the best way to view that a burnt offering you literally had to there was a whole process actually much more involved than a thousand dollars thousand dollars pretty easy you think of it you said thousand dollar burnt offering you literally had to go through a process of preparation to slaughter the animal and then skin the animal and then gut the animal to prepare the animal as a burnt offering that would go up before the lord so he offers a thousand of these that he prepares a thousand of these that he prepares. Um, it was the equivalent of what we would view as like a thousand offer, all right? Um, and in that, I want you to see verse three. And at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to him in a dream by night. And the Lord says, ask me whatever you want. And that's what I'm gonna give you. And if you keep reading, you'll discover Solomon asks, he asks for wisdom. He does not ask for money. He sows money, he asks for wisdom. And God says, I'm gonna give you more than what you asked for. He says, Lord, give me wisdom that I might go out and in among your people. Give me the wisdom to lead your people. He said, like, I want to be a good king and I don't know how to do it. I want to be a, I want to be a good king, a good leader, and I literally don't know how to do it. So can you give me the wisdom on how to do it? And God says, I'm going to give you wisdom, but I'm going to give you even more than that, Solomon. I'm going to also, I'm going to, I'm going to make you rich. I'm going to prosper you. The queen of Sheba, she brings him. You have to bring gifts before the king. She comes and she brings him in 1 Kings chapter 10. She brings him all these gifts. Solomon would literally, people would, listen, because for some of you, this is going to be your next 12. This is going to be my next 12. When people come to see you, they're going to load benefit on you. When people come to see you, they're going to unload benefit on you. Come on. They're going to unload benefit on you. If you read 1 Kings 10, when she came or when anybody else came, they would unload benefit to the king. They would drop off millions of dollars. Go do the math. Because the Bible says they would bring so many talents. A talent is a measure. And then you can go look and do the math. You can reverse engineer it to see how much money they would lay at the king's feet. Spices, they would lay at the king's feet. Um, but his offering and his prayer, got it? His offering and his prayer, his giving and his praying, took his prayer to a whole nother level, to the point to where God visits him in a dream and says, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Whatever you ask for, what do you want? What do you want? That's powerful. Last thing I wanna give you, prayer combined with fasting. Prayer combined with fasting. Prayer combined with fasting. In the Bible, this is also called afflicting your souls, okay? Anytime you see the phrase afflicting your souls in the Bible, this is directly related to fasting. Fasting doesn't change God, changes you. Uh, fasting helps us to focus. 
Fasting helps us to focus. Matthew 17, 21, that verse doesn't appear in every translation of the scripture. It's one of those things um, that depending on the translation, uh, in some translations, it doesn't make it in. Not because it's not there, it's because of what they, uh, in the process of interpretation, what was allowed in and not. So there may be sometimes where you'll put it up and you'll say, well, this, it says that verse isn't here. Uh, and that's just simply based on that particular translation. It doesn't mean that it didn't make it in the scripture. It just means that uh, predicated upon the translation that you're reading, there's a different placement. Matthew 17, 21, Matthew 17, 21, Jesus said some things only happen when prayer is combined with fasting. So they're going through this whole thing. Once they're going through this whole thing, Jesus, guys, they could not get, they could not get um, um, something, a, a guy that needed a miracle. They couldn't get this miracle uh, done. So the guy goes to Jesus and says, hey, I went to your disciples. Your disciples couldn't get it done, so I came to you. Jesus says, listen, um, this kind, what kind? The hard kind. Only come out through fasting and prayer. Uh, how many of you do a show uh, on the chat? Um, you've got some situations that it has been the same for a long time and it hasn't changed. Wave at me on the uh, using the chat. You got some situations that have been the same and they haven't changed for a long time. Okay. I'm going to ask you something. Have you put prayer and fasting together? Remember, it's not going to change God going to change you. I see lots of waves, lots of waves, okay? Um, and so in that, I've talked extensively about fasting before, okay? I see some no's too. That's good too. Um, I see some, uh, I see, um, it works. Um, let me say this. It is not just something that has lingered for a while. It is something, you ready for this? Something that reoccurs. Um, this kind, this kind, um, the scripture says, and this often happens and he does this and he does this, this kind, it either has lingered or it reoccurs, right? Um, or it seems to be difficult, difficult, challenging, more challenging than normal or difficult, right? So you can combine fasting and prayer together. Um, I won't get into the different types of fast. I've taught on that. You can get those messages on our YouTube, our podcast. I do just want to give you a quick scripture. Uh, for this. This is where we get our 21 day Daniel fast from. It comes from Daniel chapter 10. Um, and we will be fasting like we do every year. We'll do a fast this year like we do every year. If it's, why don't you do it at the beginning of the year? Um, that's just not that's just not how we do it. Some people do that. Um, that's just not how we do it. Uh, we do it. I pray about when God wants us to do it, and that's when we do it. So that's just the way that we do it. All right. I don't do it just for the sake of form and fashion and doing an annual fast at the beginning of the year. Um, because if fasting only is something that you're doing, if you're treating, because now they have a whole thing called intermittent fasting. Um, if you're only doing it for some kind of a health effect or out of some routine or ritual, you're missing the power of fasting. You're missing it because it's called afflicting your soul, your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. If your soul is not afflicted because you are depriving it of what you normally eat, it's not really fasting, it's dieting. Daniel 10, three, I ate no pleasant food, no meat, no wine came into my mouth. Know that I anoint myself, amen. Know that I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Verse five, I lifted my eyes and looked and behold a certain man clothed in linen whose waist was girded with gold of euphiles. 
His body, verse six, was like beryl. That was a, a, a precious stone. His face was like the appearance of lightning. His eyes like torches of fire. His arms and feet were burnished bronze, a little dark, darker than my skin color. And the sound of his words was like the voice of a voice of a multitude. When he spoke, it was like many people were speaking. Verse Daniel, verse seven. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. I could stop right there because one of the things that happens in prayer and fasting is that there's going to be things you see that everybody else won't see. Everybody won't, everybody listen to this, everybody won't understand your call because it wasn't a conference call. Come on here. Everybody will not understand what you are called to do because it wasn't a conference call. He didn't have everybody on the line. Got it? That's why as, as a man of God, I am happy to be, I'm called to be me. I'm not called to be anybody else. I'm not called to do it like anybody else. I'm not supposed to say it like I am me and I am good with me because it wasn't a conference call when he called me. Isn't that good? I like that. All right. So look, and I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men who were with me did not see the vision. Why? They weren't fasting and praying with him. When you're fasting and praying, you have to be prepared for there to be separation for a, 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 for a minimum of a period of time between you and other people, because you're going to see what they don't see. But a great terror fell upon them. They fled and hid themselves. And he said to me, oh, Daniel, verse 11, man, greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I've been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Notice how they all get fearful when God answers. They all get fearful when God answers. I need you to hear that. Because for many of you, this next 12 months, you're going to see the answers to what you pray for. And I need you to know your default reaction is going to be to get fearful. But I need you to make this declaration. I'm doing it anyway. Come on. I'm pressing forward anyway. I'm pressing forward anyway. I am pressing forward anyway. All right. Anyway, all of them get nervous when God answers. It's like, like we get excited about fighting. And then when we win, we scared. Like we get excited about it. I'm fighting for I'm fighting this. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And then when we start winning, we get scared. Right. He said to me, do not fear, Daniel. From the first day you set your heart or mine to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. I have come because of your words. I came because of what you prayed. I came because of what you said. This is so powerful. I came because of what you prayed, Daniel. That's why I came. I didn't come just because you fasted. I didn't come just because you didn't eat pleasant food. I came because you prayed and fasted. That's why I came. I wasn't coming if you didn't do both. I wasn't coming if you didn't do both. I wasn't coming if you did not do both. Verse 13, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, princes there means angels, chief princes is archangel, first among equals, came to help me for I've been left alone there with the kings of Persia. If I had time to go deep, I would, I do not have time. But notice he says the kings of Persia. Then he first he said the prince of Persia withstood me. Then he says I was left alone with the kings of Persia. This deals with several different levels of that. And I'll explain it simply in just a moment. Verse 14, I have come now to make you understand. In other words, I've come to give you a plan to make sense of your situation. I've come to make sense of your situation and to give you a plan. Persia, what does it represent, Bishop? Excuses, financial lack, low self-esteem, sin, oppression, being free but living like a slave, 
frustration from a lack of progress held up when you're facing an enemy crazy people generational curses your past trying to come back tired excuses uh, 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 confusion etc he says i busted through all of that and i got through all of that to come give you a plan so those three things can take your prayer to another level prayer combined with fasting prayer combined with giving and corporate prayer all right that is all of what we're going to cover tonight because we've got much more time to teach more and more and more it's a relationship right so we always get better and better and better i want to take this time now to answer some questions i'm going to come back to the screen i take this time to answer some questions guys that you've got i want to ask you to do um i'm going to ask you to type them i'm going to ask you to type them yes we're going to definitely do it again we're going to do it again and we'll go deeper i'm going to ask you to type them and uh, and then i will answer them and then i may take a couple where i have you come on screen okay all right so um uh, what i'm trying to do is avoid the chat filling up with questions that i'm missing what is a good way to start back praying when god has shut the door for you as a leader and brought you to submission to an individual well you should never stop praying um you should never stop praying so you never stop praying um you never stop praying all right you never stop praying um okay all right that's all the questions okay i'm gonna wait a few seconds i'm gonna wait a few seconds i'm gonna get my seat in the ground actually because that what you want solomon what do you want solomon um yeah let me get that seed in the ground all right all right here we go is it wrong or bad if i don't text or talk um all day trying to get things done no it's not wrong or bad it's just that's your communication preference and style it's not wrong or bad oh this is a good question how do we pray for you um the scripture i started with is a great scripture for you the one from um uh, first timothy that's a great scripture of doing that when you're when you're praying for your leader, the Bible says pray for those that are in authority over you make their burden easy for this would be beneficial for you um, and so um, that's a great scripture to reference for that. All right. Um, what happens when you're facing depression and you haven't experienced this before? Your mouth is constantly being muzzled. Muzzled how? Tell me how when you say muzzle, muzzle how? Okay. Muzzle how? Even though you said we should pray all day, should we alloc allocate a time each day to be isolated with God? Should that be a night since the day is already started? Great question. So while you're praying throughout the day, uh, it is always good, just like any relationship um well i shouldn't say just like any relationship because it's a whole lot of different definitions of how people do relationships it's a whole new world out there lions and tigers and bears um which i'm giving away what sunday's message is gonna be anyway um uh we'll see i don't know i don't know if that's the one that was selected or not i'll see this evening but um in that you may have throughout the day then you may have think of it like you know where you set aside specific time you know, um, date night, that type of thing. Um, it is good to have time set aside um, and it is good to find a, everybody listening to this word, cadence, a good cadence. What does that mean? Um, for those of you who are prophetic, a lot of your most powerful prayer times are gonna be in the shower. They're gonna be in the bath, okay? That's gonna be the most powerful prayer times. It's gonna be during times like that. Um, so you want to be mindful uh, of that but yes you should have time that's set aside each day but it's about cadence not the quantity of time so don't say i prayed for 45 minutes i gotta pray for 45 minutes 
if you ain't doing nothing but saying, Father God, Father God, Father God, Father God, for 45 minutes, you have wasted all that time. And some of y'all know folk like that. They, they, pray, they ain't prayed for nothing. All they've done is call on Father God. Right? And Father God, we just bless you, Father God, because you're good, Father God. And we love you, Father God, on today, Father God. Like, like okay, so it is about cadence, not quantity. Cadence, not quantity. What does cadence mean? It means consistency, but not, a, not necessarily the quantity. There will be days where that prayer may be 45 minutes or an hour, but it's actually prayer time versus you just repeating the same stuff for 45 minutes, okay? Um, what else we got? Um, I gotta go back. These questions flooded in. Okay. How do you not feel overwhelmed praying when it seems like so much to pray about? You create a targeted prayer list. If you need an example of how to make one, get one off of the church website. Um, so we used to like break aside time and that kind of thing to do that. I'm actually bringing that back starting March, where on one of the Wednesdays, we will take a take time out of a Wednesday night live Bible study and devote that to an extended time of prayer. But our targeted prayer list is a good example to use. You can get it off the church website, I believe. And if it's not there, just email hello at Harvest Church, church and they can get it for you. Um, but you use that as an example. A targeted prayer list is the best way to pray. I pray that way. I have my personal target prayer list. It's in my Evernote. I pray that. And can I be honest with you? Every few weeks, I have to update it because the stuff is getting answered so quickly. All right. And so you want to make sure that you do that. All right. You want to have a very strategic way. So that's how you don't feel overwhelmed. Have you ever heard of bullet prayers? Uh, I've not heard that specific term, bullet prayers, but that may be similar to a targeted prayer list. And um, I am a 100% believer in that. Do we repeatedly pray for the same thing? So Luke 18 says that the woman kept praying for justice over and over again. You pray, then you thank. You pray, then you thank. Uh, but that thankfulness is repetitive. So Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for this. I don't ask for it again because the request is known, but I keep it covered in thankfulness. Father, I thank you that you heard me and you are giving me thus and so. You are doing thus and so. You're doing thus and so. If you come to me today, and ask if your child comes to you today and says, I want some ice cream. You say, we're going to get it on Friday. Um, then they come back and say, tomorrow, can I get some ice cream? You say, well, didn't you hear what I said the first time? And then on Friday, they come back on Tuesday. Eventually, you're going to be annoyed because their prayer is a sign of unbelief. They don't believe you're going to do it. But when they say, I just want to thank you, Daddy, that we're going on Friday to get that ice cream. Okay, difference. There's the difference. All right, let's go to this next one. Um... I can pray, but the things, okay, this is about your mouth being muzzled. I can pray, but the things I go through seem horrific in my eyes, so I have the motivation to pray. I feel stuck. That's what's up with. So you need to pray for that. That's what you need to pray for. That's why I gave you that gym example. You literally need to pray for that. You literally need to pray for that motivation, for that desire, for that passion. You literally need to pray for that. You literally need to ask God um, to give you that motivation. In the Bible, uh, where'd you go? Where'd you go? In the Bible, the Lord says, if anyone asks you, um, if anyone asks you to give those who ask, but where do you draw the line? Um, so, so no, it actually doesn't specifically say that. So the scripture that I believe that you're referencing, it says if someone asks, Jesus gives an example, someone asks for your coat, don't just give them your coat, give them this. I believe that's the scripture you're referencing. Um, so the, the principle here was about generosity in general, but generosity does not mean that you become someone's uh, enabler. Generosity does not mean that you become somebody's 
um, ticket to not have to be personally responsible. Let me just give you, I don't even have to give you Bible, just let me give you example, and it's Bible example, but it's not specific to it's Bible example. Jesus walks past thousands of people to heal one man by a pool, okay? He walks past thousands. Um, he ignores them. He goes to this one guy that's been there for 38 years. Jesus didn't heal everybody. Jesus didn't feed everybody. Um, Jesus, in fact, said, the poor you will have with you always, which means he didn't make every, he didn't fix everybody's financial situations. Um, so you do not, you do not have to be an enabler in any sense of that. Um, the best way to deal with that is you set limits. You set certain limits. This is what I'm going to do to help thus and so, and that's just the limit that I'm going to do to help like that. All right, that's how you do that. All right. Um, how should someone pray when they're overcoming themselves and their past for those who may not know? How should someone pray when they're overcoming themselves and their past? Um, you use the same principles. So you use the same principles. If there's more to that, give me a little bit more context, but you use the same principles. How do you, ooh, this is good. How do you pay in public areas without feeling judged? It's real simple. You care less about people you're not talking to. I, um, there's a story in the old Baptist church they tell. Uh, the young man gets up to preach. I mean, he gets up to pray. And the young man gets up to pray. And he doesn't quite pray the way that the deacons feel that he should pray the prayer. And, uh, you know, if you grew up in an old school Baptist church, you know, there's a way that you pray. And, uh, and uh, you know, and so there's a way you pray. And so uh, the young man finishes praying and he gets next to the deacon. And the deacon says, hey, son, you did a good job. But next time you pray, you know, uh, say it like this and say it like that. You need to do it like this and do it like that. And the young man said, deacon, with all due respect, I wasn't talking to you. Uh, and so when you're praying, and it's a story, y'all. Now, that didn't really happen. He didn't disrespect the deacon. It's a story they tell in the Baptist church. The point is this. The point is that um, I'm not talking to the people around me. Um, so when I'm praying over my food, when I'm praying out in public, I could care less who looks at me and who thinks anything I because I'm not talking to them. Uh, and so that's really simple, how you, how you avoid the feeling of judgment. I'm not talking to you. Uh, so since I'm not talking to you, you can go on and mind your business. All right, here we go. Uh, how do I pray specifically? Uh-oh, hold on. Jumped again. How do I pray? Where did the question go? When you okay, I don't know where that other question went. Uh, oh, here we go. How do I pray specifically when I don't want folks to hear what I pray or let the enemy hear what you pray? Great point. Um, so one, that is the uh, purpose of the gift of unknown tongues in terms of if you want it from an enemy standpoint. If you don't want people to know what you're praying, just don't pray around people. Um, that's a simple thing. Uh, and that's what the purpose of the gift of unknown tongues is for. For those of you, I saw another question about that. Get the series Ghost, and it'll teach you, it teaches you about that. Um, the enemy does not know what you think. He only knows what you say and what you do. That's the only thing he has to go off of. He does not have the ability to know your thoughts. Only God know, has that ability. Um, and so when you pray, you literally are, you are explaining, you are telling him um, with, uh, what's going on, which is why you get the gift of unknown tongues, because that's between you and God. He can't, he can't. It's like, it's like uh, encrypted communications. It's encrypted, so he can't crack it. And since it's not an Android, he can't get no virus on it. <laughs> I'm just messing. All right. I'm just okay. All right. Let me get these other questions real quick, guys. And then we're going to wrap it up. You guys have been great. All right. Um, did I get all those questions? Yes. All right. Here's the next one. Oh, this is good. 
What is the significance of praying during the fourth watch? What is the significance of praying during the fourth watch? Very good question. Uh, and so let me um, give you scripture uh, that actually supports that. So the fourth watch um, is really deals with maritime. And it's between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. The sweet spot in there is 4 a.m. Uh, an example of that is Matthew 14 and Matthew 14, 25. It says in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came unto them. Let me pull it up here in the standard. And uh, the fourth watch, Jesus came unto them um, walking on the sea. Disciples saw him walk on the sea. They were terrified. It's a ghost to cry out, but immediately Jesus spoke, etc. So this is also often referred to as the prophetic hour, the prophetic hour. Um, and so what happens, it's also sometimes even called the witching hour, the witching hour. Um, it is when many times there are, uh, when you deal with people who practice um, in pagan worship, pagan ritual, etc., they will often do that uh, during that time. Um, and so it talks about that. Um, you also see this referenced in Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. Uh, it says that um, how can a strong man take the house? Uh, how could you bind a strong man? How can a strong man won't be able to take the house if you essentially bind the strong man? So that's Matthew 14, 25. And that's Matthew chapter 24 also references that. Um, it's also the time that the children of Israel were released. It's Exodus, Exodus chapter 12 and uh, Exodus chapter 14, et cetera. So it, it's, it's, there's a lot of con connection and significance to that. Um, it is significant is because just to keep it real simple, I'll just keep it real simple without going real deep. That is the time where Jesus came and visited them and he showed up to them uh, in a time that was during that fourth watch. Um, for many people, it be, that time is a it's a it's a powerful time for them to pray um you know um so so that's the significance of that um is it any more significant than commanding the day or the night before um none more or less there's nothing specifically related to that however i will say this many of you uh, and i need can you just do this um uh and use the chat um, when you wake up randomly in the middle of the night, how many of you notice that when you wake up, it's normally between three and six, when you wake up randomly and you can't go back to sleep, wave at me. I see your hands, right. Um, because that is the, that is that hour, that, that fourth watch, um, there is something significant that somebody says 444. That's the, that's the significance of that four is also, four in particular is the biblical number of creativity. So it is when your spirit is most creative is when your spirit is most creative. It's between three and six is, is the time. So I see somebody saying 3.15. So um, that would be the significance of that is, is where that all inter, uh, intersects and aligns. It's creativity. It's the fourth watch. It's the last watch. Um, um, it, and there's significance to that too. But just to keep it simple, I don't want to dive because if I dive if I dive really deep, then you'll understand certain things about why prophetic people often are night owls and stuff like that. So I won't jump into that. All right. Okay, uh, let's jump over here. Uh, when have you prayed for something and the uh -oh. when have you prayed for something and the opportunity? Oh, where's the question go, y'all? Ready to go, ready to go, ready to go. When have you prayed for something and when have you prayed for something and 
Okay, hold on. Every time a new one comes in, it throws off where I'm at. Uh, it's okay. You guys are good. You can just keep chatting. It's just, it did that. When have you prayed for something and? What happened to my question? When have you prayed for something? Where did my question go? <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, I'm just going to start at the bottom. Is it a 734? Thank you. Thank you, Betty. Is it a 734? Thank you. My question just was that. Here we go. What if you pray for something? Opportunity comes, but you turn it down and miss the opportunity. Should you keep praying for the opportunity? You should pray that you have the grace to handle the opportunity and the grace that you have the favor to walk in the opportunity again. God gives second chances. Sometimes, sometimes he does, and sometimes you miss the opportunities. Um, but um, you should pray for the opportunity, but pray that you have the, the grace and the wisdom to respect the opportunity um, is how you want to handle that. Great question. Um, and thank you guys for giving me the time stamp. It keeps moving is what it keeps doing. All right. Um, how do I know what to pray when under spiritual warfare areas need breakthrough? Uh, so... I want to I want to stretch you in your use of the term spiritual warfare because spiritual warfare is the fight of faith. It's a fight of faith. It's a fight with you. Most spiritual warfare has nothing to do with the enemy. It has to do with you and overcoming you. Um, so I, I would if you have multiple areas that need breakthrough, you need to start with clarity of mind. You need the mind of Christ. That's where you start, and then you go from there. Great question. Great question. All right. Um, um, <laughs> keeps doing this to me. All right, here's the next one. How do you feel about praise and worship before prayer to usher in the spirit? Uh, good. Is there anything wrong with that? No, you can do that. You can absolutely praise and worship. You can absolutely do that. There's nothing, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Read the Bible says you must be saved. Um, I gave you that scripture earlier, John chapter nine, verse thirty-one. Uh, what uh, what's a good scripture for direction regarding relocation or direction? Um, so God creates places before he creates people. So when people are in proper places, places produce for people. Uh, when you're when the blessing is upon you, even when you're in a place that's not the most ideal place, the place will produce for you. That's why Joseph said, and the Lord bless me in my land of affliction. Um, a good scripture for that. Um, it's actually, I want to give you a whole chapter, Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. Um, you're on a journey. But listen, you're on a journey. And you are, listen to me, your life is bigger than a zip code. I need somebody to just release a phrase right there. Your life is bigger than one zip code. You're on a journey. So don't limit your life to a city or a zip code because um, you're bigger than that. So you're on a journey. So Acts 16 will help you. Paul, they were going from place to place, and there were certain places the guy was like, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. nope, stay over there. Stay over there. And so uh, use that, use Acts chapter 16. Okay, uh, let me get these last few questions, guys, and then we're out of here. Um, I just got to get back up there. It keeps pulling me down. Or No, I can't tonight. It ain't pulling me down. There's a specific time we have to pray by. Nope. Nope, because it's a relationship. Great question. It's a relationship where we started up front. Someone says, I'm still at work. It's throughout the day. Great question. Is there a consequence of a household not praying together? Mm, sure. Disunity. Disunity. Um, 
that disunity is going to produce uh, division because we're going to be headed in different directions, headed in different directions. Um, and, and so that that's important to understand. So that, some of those that would be the consequences to that. Um, last couple of questions. The last couple of questions here, guys, and then we're going to pray together. How about that? How are we going to do it? Uh, is it necessary to worship? Uh, I just answered uh, one similar to that. Keeps pulling these things down here. All right. All right. Is there any place in the Bible says we should work? Okay, I just answered that. Um, is liturgical dance a form of prayer? Great question. It's not a form of prayer. It is a form of worship, however. Um, it is kara, uh, which means to dance. Um, okay. All right, I think, did I get them all? I think, uh, if I missed your question, I need you to type it in real quick. We got a 60 second shot clock. 60 second shot clock. If I missed your question, and my apologies if I did. How do I receive the gift of tongues? Amazing question. I want you to get the series Ghost. And then, so we, we used, because of coronavirus, we obviously needed to have distances and, and things like that um and, and what have you uh, and we thank god that that's coming to a swift end a swift end of the coronavirus outbreak so um let me say this i want you to look at the listen to the series and then on this coming wednesday i want to pray for you to receive that all right so um so what i need you to make sure that you do is um um make sure that you uh, speak with um speak with um speak with one of the people that you see that sometimes around me to make sure that I don't walk out of that auditorium without praying for you to receive that. All right. All right. I want to do that for you. All right. There we go. Um, I think we got that. Group 95 says in whichever city folks reject the good news, it, is it meant to literally move from there? So in Luke 9, when Jesus has his guys on a journey and he says, if they don't receive you, shake the dust on your feet, go to the next city. Um, let me say this. There are certain places that um, will reject, if I listen, because this is deep. Um, there are certain places that will reject what you have. And in fact, Amber, I'll do you one better. I will, I will have a prayer partner to pray with you also. So then that way, depending on how high the spirit is, I may be moving and all that. So we'll make sure, just make sure you talk to one of the people around me. In fact, um, one of my, one of the adjutants, you guys make sure that um, that we get that handle, handle for Amber. So we're gonna make sure we get the handle for Wednesday. All right. Um, so listen, um, there are certain places, uh, cities, environments, et cetera, that will reject what you have. and um, it, and it, the first part of rejection is redirection. The second part of rejection is to refine or to make it better. The third part of rejection, the third part of uh, rejection is for introspection and reflection. Introspection and reflection. And so um, what, what happens with this um, is that um, if Jesus, I just, I'm, I'm trying to keep it simple when I'm going too deep. If Jesus, the scripture says there were certain places where he couldn't do many mighty works because of their dishonor. 
their unbelief. They would say, well, isn't this Mary's son, Joseph's, Joseph's son, Mary's son, the carpenter, all that? Their dishonor um, proliferated unbelief. Then Jesus would go to other cities and have amazing responses. And the reason I had you type, and some of you, you haven't typed it, you need to type again, I'm bigger than my zip code, is because um, there is gonna be rejection you experience in certain areas, certain places, certain cities. Can I just be honest with you? As an African-American pastor in Denver, Colorado, I tell you the statistics so that you understand the level of rejection, my God. I tell you the statistics so you understand the magnitude of the miracle, my God. Um, 46 out of 50 for lowest church attendance in the nation. I'm an Elijah. So I'm an Elijah situated in a region where there is active Jezebelian practice. My God, that's the only spirit that could ever contend with an Elijah. But why did I have to start here? I had to start here so that I would know how to handle that. And for many of you, um, you have to understand um, that concept. So when it comes, because I've seen a few questions about relocation and a few locations, questions about like, do you literally move? Um, you're on a journey and your journey is bigger than any one zip code. Every area is designed to produce something for you. And some of those areas will be long-term, some will be short-term, some might be forever. Jesus, did you not know Jesus' ministry was based in Capernaum? Capernaum? Capernaum means comfort. That's where his ministry was based out of. That's where Peter lived. Um, that's where Jesus' ministry was based. It was based out of Capernaum. You ain't heard no Capernaum. Appears and, and you only see it a couple times in Mark. That's where Jesus was based on. That's where he got going, Capernaum. But he did his greatest work all over. He did his greatest work on the circuit. He did his greatest work in Galilee and, and all these other places. He went, he goes to Jerusalem and he weeps over Jerusalem. Um, you, you follow what I'm saying? So you're on a journey. So don't ever lock yourself into the mentality that the only place that I can ever be is in one particular place. All right, thank you. And, and Amber, all of the, my agency team has confirmed. So you're gonna have about 40 people walking up to your own, uh, own, own Wednesday to have you good. But yeah, your picture went, your picture's gone. Okay, so anyway, I gotta move. Okay guys, um, we're gonna go ahead and pray. Here's what I'm gonna do. We're gonna pray at 754. We're gonna pray uh, tonight and just seal this time. Father, we bless you and we honor you, God. We seal this time together. Thank you for these prayer warriors, for these prayer gladiators. God, why are we warriors and gladiators? Because that's what you called us to be. We don't need to have a special prayer department, a special prayer team, a special prayer ministry. You saw men ought to always pray. People ought to always pray. And that's what we do. Tonight, God, we ask you for a passion to pray. Come on. We ask you for a passion to pray, for a desire to pray, for a hunger to pray. We pray that prayer will become second nature to us just like breathing. They'd be so entrenched and so enveloped in what we do and who we are, God, that we would do it without thought that we would do it, God, but without even second guessing. And tonight, God, we pray that 221-21, it would mark the beginning of us seeing a palpable difference in our prayer. Just like we uh, we pray for desire 
uh, uh, for different things in our lives. We pray for that desire to pray, for that hunger to pray, God, and to pray strategically. Your word says that the effective fervent prayers of the righteous, God, they availeth much, and we thank you for that. God, since the sun is down, we cover our week. We cover this entire week, God. We cover it under the blood of Jesus. What does that mean? Redeem every day. And if you're redeeming every day, that means you're buying back every second, buying back every minute, buying back every hour, buying back every day uh, in the name of Jesus for our benefit. We declare all things work together for our good. We would have the courage to make the changes and decisions that need to be made this week, God, that we pray that we would have the fortitude to navigate God through everything that we would encounter and deal with this week. And we thank you for it tonight. God, we've gone through a school of prayer, information that will help us to pray better. And for that, we say thank you in Jesus name. A to the men. Love you guys. Um, pray you have an amazing night, Maddie. Thanks for your message. Much love to you. Much love to you. Want to make sure I didn't miss anybody else's questions here tonight. Uh, how should we sow into this? Up through the normal methods. You can sow through the normal methods. I put a seed in the ground connected to that uh, first Kings and, and that Acts chapter 10 with Cornelius. Oh, shoot. And uh, we thank God for that. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So you that. love you guys. Pray you have an amazing night. Um, shalom, guys. Love you. Have a good night. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologists recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd. Only at BJ's.